Welcome to An Amber A Day, the podcast all about functional nutrition for PCOS. I'm Amber Fisher, a certified nutrition specialist and licensed dietitian nutritionist, and I have training in functional medicine. I also have PCOS, and on this podcast, we discuss PCOS in depth, the nutrition strategies for it, as well as the realities of living with it and making this lifestyle work. For further guidance and meal plan support, you can check out the show notes for links to my PCOS courses and programs. And if this podcast helps you, please do me a favor and leave me a review. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. You're listening to An Amber Day, the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm Amber Fisher. I am a functional nutritionist in San Antonio, Texas, who specializes in fertility and autoimmunity. And on my podcast, we talk about all things fertility, nutrition, life. We really talk about everything. So today, I'm super excited because we were uh, interviewing Renee, who runs the Productive Wellnesspreneur, or you can find her on Instagram at at productivewp, right? Is that right? That's not right. It's going to be in the show notes what it is, okay? So you can find all the information about her, her website, everything in the show notes. But um, she's awesome. So she runs a um, really cool business that I feel like is really necessary for a lot of my audience. Um, And today we're going to talk to her about what she does and about boundaries and productivity and all kinds of things like that. So Renee, tell us what you do. Give us your, your spiel. My spiel. Hi everybody. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here and listening. Um, and I know that whatever you're doing out there is really impacting the world for better. So thank you for raising kids during COVID and giving of yourself during this really trying time. It's a doozy, right? I, I'm i coming to you live in this moment uh, from <laughs> Northern California. I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas, too. So Amber and I are, are what I like to call I have my little IG besties group that I'm creating. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So what do I do? I am a productivity coach for wellness entrepreneurs. And what that means is, is that I help people manage their time, manage projects, manage their processes for their solo business, um, and actually help people kind of get a hold of what it is they're doing when they're doing it and helping them actually see if it's time to move from a solopreneur business to a doerpreneur business. Mm -hmm. So meaning like I actually help people recruit people to help them. So I kind of get in there and, and really, um, I really enjoy organizational development. I have a master's from St. Mary's University. Uh, it's, it's called Industrial and Organizational Psychology, which cool. is a total mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. What is, what, what, Thank what you. do you, um, what do you study in that? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Yes. So (laughs) I am psychology. The way that I describe it, it's like HR or consulting. Okay. And, and so the beauty of it is, is that I, I love organizational development and organizational um, organization, like helping organizations get organized. And I also love personal development, right? I am a 200 hour yoga teacher 
and a meditation teacher. And I'm also a master, uh, a spirit junkie from Gabby Bernstein's program, if, if anybody knows what that is. Um, so I, I really love personal development and personal organization. So my, my studies really lend itself to helping entrepreneurs, right? I, what else have I done? Oh yeah. My work background, you guys, I've, I've done it all really. Uh, during 2008, when I got my master's degree, as you all know, and we all had to go this, through this together, and I'm so sorry for all of us on the line who have had to rough this year out, but you know, 2008, 2009 were really tough. I got my degree, got my master's, and I delivered pizzas full-time for a year. <laughs> yep. I have, I've also been a case manager. I helped people who dealt with schizophrenia primarily. And one of the best compliments I ever got from someone when I was leaving was who's going to help me organize, organize my thoughts. Mm. And of course I knew that she was doing just fine. And I had really helped her understand the symptoms of schizophrenia and be really aware. And I also acted as a go-between to communicate between her partner and herself. So they had excellent skills, but it, it really dawned on me. I'm like, Oh wow. I can really help people organize thoughts, organize processes, put it all together for their business. So right now I'm, I'm doing time management 101 workshops. It seems like the best way to start off to help people kind of get a grip of what's going on. Because when you are an entrepreneur, especially a wellness entrepreneur, your life is dedicated to others. And those boundaries just tend to seep away, right? And all you know is you're, you're trying to make money. You're trying to keep the people happy. Maybe you're meeting cl clients late at night and you wish you were sleeping <laughs> or too early in the morning. So I'm, I'm helping people to really take a good hard look at what they want out of their lives, not wait until later and create their, their ideal schedule now. And it's, I'm really different from other productivity coaches in that I help people plan and time block their self-care first. Mm, I like that. So what, um, and of course, I don't want to like ask you so, so many questions that you like give everything away because I want people to like go to you and work with you one-on-one. -on -one. But how, how do you manage that with people who have so many different things going on? Do you tend to like have them block that every day or is it like a once a week thing? And what do you prioritize there? It's a, it's really interesting and it depends on the person because I've seen so many tactics out there and they're like, this is what you should do, right? Like this is the when all be all process that, that everybody should do. And if you're not doing this right, I do not preach that. I think that each person is unique and beautiful in their own right. And, and I, I think each person already knows the answers, right? Like mm -hmm. my job is, is just to kind of reflect that, put it on paper and organize it for you. So I have had people that, that I've worked with who just want to do self-care in the morning for 30 minutes and they're good to go. And maybe they enjoy their self-care like time block for three hours at night before they go to bed, right? Um, sometimes it really depends with our moms. There's a lot of communication that uh, we talk about with their partners to say, can you take the kiddo so I can have this self-care time? So uh, it's really interesting. The work that I am doing is actually facilitating communication within the family unit, which mm -hmm. warms my heart. 
Um, and then other people like a long time block in the morning. I am one of those people. Like this morning, I woke up at five and I start my work day at like 8 30, 9 o'clock, <laughs> which rocks. I like to snooze and I like to <laughs> read or journal. And, and of course, I love to meditate. But it really depends on each person. And then I think, Amber, the second part of your question was um, how to. How does it feel to work with people who have a lot going on? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's also a great question because those types of people are my favorite because <laughs> you guys are the visionaries. You have so many ideas in your head. Um, you're, you're registered for like 10 trainings all at one time. Um, you've got this plan, this plan, this plan. You know where you want to go in the future, but sometimes right now it's kind of like, you're your own bottleneck. You get really mm -hmm. stuck. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love working with my moms out there. Um, it's so special to, to help moms be an example and set boundaries. So um, the, what we do is we take apart um, each person's current schedule. So I ask them tons of questions like, okay, what are you doing now? What does your day look like? okay, what do you want your day to really look like, right? Mm -hmm. What's the kind, when would you like to have partner time and kiddo time and self-care time? And how can we fit that in? Or where can we wiggle in, you know, certain time? Um, so it's, it's, and then I look at their goals too, to find out, okay, where can we schedule some time so you can have some creativity time or focus on the school first, like mm -hmm. planning or studying or whatever. Right. So it's, I liken it to like a puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say that, you know, I mean, it's interesting. I think you talking about the perspective of, of motherhood really rings true for me because in some ways, motherhood has required me to learn to time block better than I did before. Um, before I had my son, I still liked, so my ideal life is to do my work part-time because I easily take on the energies of other people and I need plenty of time to release that and relax and all that. And so I try not to take on too many clients at once. Um, you know, sometimes I do better at that than others. Uh, but before I had my son, I would do really well about like, I'm, I'm a morning person. So I loved to get up in the morning, get ready, go see my clients in the morning and then have the afternoon to kind of do paperwork, rest, relax, recharge for the next day. Now that my son's here and COVID, so I have nowhere to, to put him, it's right. gotten infinitely more complicated, but yet in some ways easier because there's only certain blocks of time that I can actually see clients. So nap times um, and evenings. And so my, my schedule has completely shifted um, and almost in a lot of ways to something that I actually prefer, which I didn't know that I would. So um, instead of... Uh, seeing clients in the morning, I take the morning, which is my time where I feel my best and I have my most energy. I take that for my son. And so we spend, you know, he wakes up at eight and we, we spend the morning until he goes down for his nap around 11, just like going to the park or doing some activity, you know, something fun. And, uh, I love that because it's like, he gets the best of me, which I think he deserves. Um, and I want to give to him, you know, and then the rest of the day is set around juggling the rest of my schedule. But I'm certainly not 
Like I, I don't have, <laughs> I'm still learning, let's say, because everything that you're saying is just like, yes, yes, yes. Like I need help, but it's, um, uh, it's hard to juggle those things because it's like, I would love to block my schedule in a different way. Like I would love to see clients more in a more condensed fashion or something like that. And I guess my struggle is like, when do I even do it? You know, if it's, I hate working in the evenings, but you know, what am I going to do? So, um, so I think what you do is really important because I think for people like me, you know, we do, like you said, we have so many ideas, like I'm full of ideas all the time, but I always have to stop myself and say, look, is this idea something that I'm really going to want to follow through with for the long haul? Or is it a passing thing? Is it something that in a lot of cases, this sounds a little stuck up for me to say this, I think, but in a lot of cases I come up with things and I know I could do it and I could do it really well but do I want to spend the energy on it? You know what I mean? So I think a lot of times people who are entrepreneurs and they're like creatives, they do have talents in, in creating different things, but it's, it's all about how much energy do you want to devote to different things? And I don't like to start projects that I don't end up finishing, you know? So, Oh, there's like so many things. (laughs) I know you're just itching to say something. (laughs) I am. I'm like, ah. Um, let's start off with <laughs> with your your schedules, right? So what what I also love about time blocking, and I love that you know what time blocking is for for our listeners. Time blocking is any time that you set aside a certain chunk of time for a certain act, uh, activity or a, a few activities, right? Elon Musk, when I read this, I was like, no, he doesn't. He <laughs> time blocks his day in five, five minute increments. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what I've discovered for wellness entrepreneurs is that does not work. Like, because, um, you guys are creatives, you know, <laughs> like you, you have yeah. so much going on, you need that freedom or you're going to rebel against it, or it's just not going to happen. Right. I've even found that 30 minutes and an hour don't work. I, I love two to four hour. Mm-hmm. time blocks to yeah. tell you the truth. Like four hours is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I know what I, I give myself two to four tasks to do within that time. Um, and, and I can get it done. Right. There's always going to be those nagging to do's and there's a right. way to keep track of that. But I want to tell you about one of my friends and one of my first clients who um, called me and we were catching up and I was telling her, okay, this is this new thing I'm going to do. And she's a yoga teacher. So we met in my yoga teacher training and she's just this like beautiful human being. And, and she, she got pregnant. Right. And she, they're, they're so excited, but she's like, okay, Renee, I, she was like switching jobs. And so we talked about what she wanted out of her ideal schedule. And we realized that the job she had didn't match so she left that job and found one that magically fit in the hours. And then we did three time blocks for her. We did one for pre-baby, one post-baby, and one three to six months later for baby. And and that's how I think time blocking should be. Time blocking should like change with the seasons. It'll change with your life. And sometimes your time blocking scheduled needs to be around baby or um, around like these critical things, like maybe taking care of your elderly parents or husband is sick or, you know, or your partner, wife is sick. Um, 
so so there are sometimes things that are going to happen, but we can keep moving and doing little things and incorporating more self-care into our current time blocking schedule and work towards where, well, where do we want to go when, you know, baby is six months or baby is finally in, in school? What will my schedule look like then? Right. Um, and, and, and I did listen cause I, I've heard you say you're still trying to navigate your clients too. Oh, and yeah. One thing that my yoga teacher mentor, their schedules, right. My yoga teacher mentor said, well, what would it be like if you just set your schedule and just honored it? And people yeah. who could meet you during that time were the ones who met you during that time. And I know that's a little bit of tough love. And it's, it even hurts me because I am that person who will bend over. You want to meet at 10, 8 p.m. at night? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, and that, that brings up something um, that sure. I think th- that I've been noticing since COVID happened because before, um, so before my son was born, I was like that. I had very set hours and it was during the day and whoever could meet me could meet me. And I think, um, what I would do is once a month, I would do some Saturday appointments or an evening, some evening appointments and I would have them blocked, you know, so anybody who needed to meet in the evening, they would meet me on that one day a month. Um, and that worked for me because I always thought I'm not going to, I can't energetically do that evening stuff, that weekend stuff. Like I have my family in my life too, and I'm an entrepreneur. And that's part of the reason I got into being an entrepreneur was to have my freedom. Right. So that was super important to me. What I have noticed since COVID, and I don't know if you've noticed this too, but I've had some conversations with several people. It's like the blurring between work and home and, and all that has really gotten bad. Um, And so not only do, you know, now I'm at this point where just time-wise, like I have to meet people in the evenings. There's no other option for me. Um, but also right. that's what I think people are expecting. And I guess what, what frustrates me a little bit more is not so much the meetings in the evening because those are pre-scheduled and I know they're coming, but you know, as a, uh, as a nutritionist, I'm a source of accountability and support for my clients. And I have noticed that since COVID has happened and people have been at home that the hours of the day in which they are contacting me for support and accountability are all over the map, you know, midnight, 11 PM, like five o'clock in the morning. And of course I have do not disturb on my phone and I have all those things to kind of help, but it's still, it's like something cultural that's going on too, where, where I think with cell phones, this started to happen when those, when smartphones came out, right? Like people just don't have those boundaries against like, when do we contact somebody and when do we wait till the next business day, you know? So Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started.
Yes. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> let's unpack that. Um, I have noticed that with COVID, there there are people that are having those blurred lines that that are working for corporate corporations, corporate mm-hmm. jobs, and us entrepreneurs, right? Um, part of it, I think, for entrepreneurs, our, our wellness entrepreneurs on the line, um, especially with COVID, we're dealing with trauma, and mm-hmm. and what happens when we deal with trauma is we go into fight, flight, or freeze. And, and usually that means we're, for a lot of us, we're in this reactive mode, mm-hmm. right? And then we got really afraid of not having money. So we were like, oh my gosh, I need to do any and everything to survive. And that is a really beautiful, beautiful like coping mechanism that quite a few of us fighters have, which I think a lot of people who are listening are probably awesome fighters. Um, but you know, it's, it's like, okay, when do we, when do we get out of that? When do we mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm not in reactive mode. This is the new normal. <laughs> we're, right. st- we're still going to counter change. How do I be more flexible, more self-compassionate, um, while dealing with this change, but how do I start, uh, relaxing my parasympathetic nervous system and, and getting out of reactivity so I can set the example for my clients. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think there is a time and a place for sure to be reactive and deal with trauma and, and really be there for people. But I think the beauty is, is learning. And it's a hard thing to slowly retract out of that. Um, the blurred lines too. It's just so eat like my, my office is my bedroom. You know. And, well, yeah, um, I know <laughs> that's part of the problem, right? Yeah. And my bed is also my living room, which is a big no, no, when it comes to sleep. And I, I know that, you know, <laughs> Right. Um, so I'm, I'm still working on my stuff too, you guys, but, um, but having those reminders and, and coming back to yourself about what's important and knowing that if I don't get enough rest, if I don't get enough self-care in whatever that looks like. Right. And, and if you're a new mom and you're getting three hours of sleep, you know, at least those make those three hours of sleep count. You yeah. Know? Right. <laughs> but, um, but it's sitting, it's sitting with that and, and making sure that like, that you take those breaks, something you can, Oh, this will probably resonate with you. Something I've been sitting with is, you know, back in my corporate days, right. Back in, back in Texas when I had, I worked in the, my cubicle forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed that there were some coworkers of mine that I adored that would be like, Nope, I need to get out of this meeting. It's, it's 10 and I have to go take my 15 minute smoke break. I have to. Right. And then there would be those of us who would just work through lunch, you know, wouldn't even take a break. And I'm like, what do they, these smokers have something going on here? Cause they're, mm-hmm. they're like clockwork, you know, but I wonder why, if, if we don't smoke, why don't we do that for ourselves too? You know, mm-hmm. have, have that break, whatever it looks like. And, um, you know, and, and also being, being okay with like, you know what, I'm going to see clients between seven and 9 PM, but 9 PM I'm saying, you know, client Julie, I, I'm, I'm, you know, really enjoyed this time together. I'm, I need to get off the phone. I have to go be with my son and wind down for the night. And I want to set a good example for you, you know, or something like that. What, yeah. do, you, what do you think? Okay. Yeah. I like okay. that. I like that. Um, I think culturally, if all of us start 
taking control back of our boundaries than corporations and the, you know, like nine to five jobs, salary jobs in particular, this rings true for because I know I used to work in social service. And so, you know, they'd give you like a special cell phone and they'd be calling you at any hour of the night and, you know, like emails. And there were people who would set the culture, set the tone of the culture for that community of like answering emails late into the night and all that. And at every organization, there's always somebody like that who's just like, they take pride in going above and beyond to an unhealthy level. And then (laughs) it's all about the corporate culture of like, are we going to be the type of people that follow that and do that too? Or are we going to stand up against that? And I know at the last corporate job that I had, you know, there were a group of people, it was all the counselors. <laughs> I won't name names, but all the counselors were like, no, I have boundaries. I'm not answering after this point. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And you Yay. know, the, the rest of the, of the, like the caseworkers and all that would kind of roll their eyes like, oh, those counselors are always getting out of everything. And you know, they, do. they don't, but they do because they, first of all, they were unified they stood up as a collective and what they were standing up for is important. I mean, that's one of the major reasons why I got out of working in social service was because I was sick of my time being drained and sucked dry by a an environment that I just didn't find fulfilling that wasn't really giving me the chance to do everything that I knew I could do where I was somebody's, you know, I was under somebody else's thumb and I just knew that there was more for me out there that there was more that I could do. And that's, you know, that's what I love about being an entrepreneur at the same time, you know, you can be your own worst enemy. And I certainly can be when it comes to, um, you know, my time because, because I am doing something that I love and I genuinely care about the people that I'm helping. You know, I can have a tendency to say, you know, I see that message at 10 o'clock at night. I'm awake anyway. I can't stop myself from reading it because I'm like, what does it say? And then, you know, oh, well, I read it. If I don't respond to it now, then I might lose it. I might forget to respond. So I'll just respond to it right now. And it becomes a, a vicious cycle. So, you know, I I agree with what you said about the trauma response of COVID because that definitely was true. You know, there was a time frame when I did not know what was going to happen with my business as a entrepreneur. It's like, if people don't have extra money to spend, they're not going to come to see a, you know, a luxury item like a nutritionist. Right. And so I didn't know what was going to happen. (laughs) I agree. But, you know, but that's kind of the thought process is like, I don't know if what's going to happen. And so it was, it was almost a thing of like, okay, whoever's willing, you know, here, I'll, I'll be there for you. And then, and so now that things, you know, I mean, there's obviously we're still dealing with a lot, but now that things are kind of calming down, I'm trying to work on that. I mean, that's been big in my life right now. And I know a lot of my clients are working on that too, because they also have similar experiences with their own jobs and everything. Um, and I think it's just important for all of us to kind of like, if we all stand up for it, then that'll be the new, the new thing, you know, but it's like, we all have to do it. We all have to stand up for it and set an example, like you said. So I really appreciate that. I think that was I think yeah. what you do is brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. There's there's something else that I think is in the background, like beyond the, the trauma of COVID, 
And that is that our society equates money and working hard and not doing self-care as, as being worthy. Yeah. And it's super painful and it's something I keep trying to work on within myself, but I, I keep noticing that, you know, when I ask people, how does it feel to schedule self-care first? The, the thing that I get responsive back is like, they, they feel selfish, you know? Mm, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? And, and so I'm like, well, what if you reframed your self-care as a money-making task, right? Because, because you can't show up and make money and, and talk to your beautiful clients and really help them, you know, shift their lives if you're sick, if you're not there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I, when I've asked people about that, it feels like a little mind blowing moment, but, but that, that self-worth thing is so interesting. And, and I, I've seen it before too, where I think I saw something that's like, you know, productivity shouldn't be equated to self-worth. And I'm, you know, yeah, I'm here to say that is absolutely true. And, and that is why I preach like, you know, if time blocking doesn't work, if time management doesn't work, let's just get your self-care scheduled first. Um, and, and communication and boundary set, you know, communication with partners. If you're a single mom out there, I admire you, um, you know, and just, and just kind of go from there. But, but that's, that's the thing that's happening in the workplace. It's like, if, you know, I think I was taught, I, I was, I would get in trouble for taking breaks <laughs> and I would be frowned on from, for taking my lunch break. Cause I would have people that would work through it, but there's always work. It will never mm-hmm. go away. There's always something to do. Mm-hmm. But if we don't take care of ourselves along the way and if we don't enjoy our path, then what's the point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, you know, that that's something that I definitely struggle with. And I think probably a lot of the people listening to this struggle with is that sense that, you know, your self-worth surrounds your achievements. And um you know, for me, I've always been very fortunate that wherever I worked, I was, you know, put into either leadership positions or I was kind of looked up to and I enjoyed that. But at the same time, it was like one of the reasons why I got there was from not taking as good of care of myself from putting mm-hmm. everything into that that job or or whoever and and so you know one reason why I decided to be independent was so that I could get my time back and my freedom back and um, the big struggle with that for me is finding a schedule that uh, is light enough that I'm happy <laughs> and that I have time to do the things that I really like doing outside of my work even though I love my work. Um, But at the same time, you know, I struggle with the fact that like, as a, you know, I consider myself a healer and so, and I, I am good at what I do and I know that there are people that I could help, but it's like this endless line, right. Of, of like children that need to be fed. Right. And it just, it never ends. And so, like you said, the work is always there. The work always continues. And for every entrepreneur or every person We have to close the windows and say, I'm sorry, I can't help anybody else right now. Um, So that's a big growing edge for me. I like, I don't, I don't say that 
to everyone out there to try to like sound like I'm an expert in it because I'm certainly not. Um, but that is something that has been the major crux of like uh, really one of the major themes of my life, actually, which is one reason why I wanted to talk to you so much because um, yeah, turning away from the endless line is just, is just a huge, huge theme for me. And that's a very hard choice to make when you know you can help. Um, but like you said, and I've discovered this in my life, that if I don't turn away, then what happens is I take on more than I can handle. I had a period of that over the summer where I took on more than I could chew because of the trauma thing and like being afraid of not making money. So I took on more than I could handle. And I know when I do that because either I get sick, like you said, or I start forgetting details. And I don't like that. You know, I don't want to be that person. So um, there's there's a couple. Okay, I want to say something like heartfelt. And then I want to like switch to my like left brain and talk like um, organization. <laughs> yeah, go for it. You said some really amazing things. Um, the first thing, oh my gosh, what was, oh, I want to tell all of your beautiful listeners that if they find themselves forgetting that it's not them, it's not you, you guys, it's, it's the, the amount of work that you have on your plate. You are a bright person who's handling a world of, of work. And so what I, what I find is to offload, right? Our brain can only handle so much and especially so much new stuff on top of trauma and having a baby, like in your case, you know, yeah. and a family, <laughs> the whole, the whole gamut, there's only so much that you can do. So it might be time to, when you're at that point to look into hiring someone to help like a, a virtual assistant for a couple hours a week, or it, it might be time to, uh, keep track of details in a, in a more efficient way. Um, and then here's where I'm going to put on my, my brainy hat is um, <clears throat> to start talk, thinking of yourself more as a business. Okay. So, so as the caregiver, you're, you've been trained. We all have me too. <laughs> me too. Says the, the yoga meditation teacher to, to sort of bend over backwards and heal everybody, you know, and, and be selfless. Right. But here I am telling you to be selfish. But <laughs> but here's here's another way to look at it. You are a business. You are an organization, right? You're an organization of one. You have different departments, right? You have um, a headquarters, like you're the headquarters. <laughs> Anytime that you learn something new, any of your trainings, then you have. Then you're also a marketing department. You're a sales department. You're an operations department and you're also a finance department, which finance is not my favorite thing. I do not like bookkeeping, yeah. you guys. But, but what happens is as your sales department, <clears throat> your sales department only has resources and, and money and insight, right? To only take on so many clients, right? Um, but beyond a certain point, then you're, the type of service you offer starts to decline greatly mm -hmm. and then people are not satisfied. So you only have so much that you can offer, but that's even for like, like let's, let's pretend that you're an oil changing place, right? You have three slots, right? For these cars to come in. But if you, so then you have, you know, three clients at one time, right? To change your oil. But let's say, you know, it's it's <laughs> the oil changing place is just opened back up after COVID. Everybody needs an oil change. And all of a sudden you get 20 people at one time waiting for an oil change, right? Normally the oil change place does 
just fine. But when it's inundated with people, then people are waiting, they're upset, the mechanics run out of oil, right? Um, we can kind of see from that perspective, yeah, we only have, they only have so many resources, but we don't give ourselves the same slack, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're absolutely right. It's like, um, just speaking from my perspective, I, I really beat up on myself when I know that I didn't do the job that I could have done. Um, sometimes I don't think people know the difference, but um, I know the difference. Um, and so I, you know, I feel bad on my off days when I, when I don't um, do things as efficiently as I could have, or I forget to send something or I send it to the wrong person or, you know, but um like you said, I mean, you're a person, but you're also a business and, and it's like you're, you're, but you're human and you make mistakes or, you know, you're not as efficient from one day to the next or like, you know, I have personal things that go on too that, that get in the way of my work and I can't, I can't change that. I don't want to change that. Like I, I like being a real person. I think I, one of the things I pride myself on as a, as a practitioner is my like authenticity and just being like a real human for you to like engage with. And yeah, I love that. And so, you know, I like being friendly with my clients and, and all that stuff, but there does come a time when you have to like, look at it from a business perspective. And like you said, I mean, there's only so many people that you can, that you can help before, start to decline with your service. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, the real question is figuring out what the what that number is. <laughs> right? Because it changes too. Yes. Well, that's, that's the cool part for a lot of people who start to time block, they have no idea how many hours they're working. You know, you, I know that it, you've been doing time blocking, and you, you probably have a better idea of how much you're working. But there are some people who don't know, and, and time blocking doesn't fix everything because, you know, Amber and I do too. We still have our our nights where we want to to text people. Ooh, can I give you a tip for that? By yeah, the way? go for it, please. Help me. <laughs> I um, What feels really good instead of just being like, well, my time block is this and I said I wouldn't, you know, text them is to give yourself a little self-compassion and say, you know, hey, so-and-so, I got your text message. I'm I'm in the middle of my nighttime routine time block or I'm hanging out with the fam or I'm getting ready to go to bed. Uh, I'll respond to you first thing in the morning. Mm, yeah. And then, and then you go to your bullet journal or your planner and then you write down like, you know, text back or call so-and-so, you know? Yeah. And then, then once you write it down, it's out of your head, but you also yeah. feel like you loved on the person a little. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I really like that. I think my, and in writing it down, I think is the thing that the little missing link in that for me, because I, think I talked about this earlier that when I get a message late at night, um, you know, it's just like human nature to want to know what it says. Cause I never know, you know, it could be something as simple as like, sometimes people just send me articles or a joke or like, you know, something silly, or sometimes they send me like a really question that needs a long answer. Or sometimes they're going through something crazy, whatever it may be. So it's a, like, I really want to know what it says. And I know I won't be able to get it off my mind until I look at it. So I usually look at it, but then, you know, if I don't write that if I don't write that down, I won't remember to respond the next day because I'll have other things to do. So um, uh, I like that. And I am big. Like, I think that that's so important to write things down. I carry my little journal. I'll show you. This yeah, is my latest one. I carry this with me everywhere. It's my little bullet journal. And I keep all my 
my to-dos and I cross them off when I do them because, yes. Who is it made by? Oh my gosh, I think it's the same company. Minimalism Art. Yes. San Francisco. I, I all my clients to say, I love this. <gasps> I love this it's journal. Yes. So I, I tried bullet journaling several years ago. I started like, I thought it was a really cool concept because I love planners and I love um, like journaling stuff. And I love the idea of having everything in one place because what I love to do is go back like years later and go through my old journals. And like, I like seeing my old to-do lists. And then, so I will, I like, I write poetry and things like that. So I'll happen upon different things that I wrote and, and I love it. It's like a little time capsule. Um, but what I found was that the traditional kind of style of bullet journaling where like you make the calendar in there and all that, that just like, didn't speak to me. I don't use it. It was too much work. Um, but I don't like traditional planners either. So really my bullet journal ends up just being like a to-do list that I cross off because I, you know, I like to, like you said, I, I kind of block my time of like, okay, tonight I'm working on like shipping labels and packing supplements and getting them into the mailbox or taken to the post office or whatever. And so I can just like cross it all off and then it's, it's done. But I think if, and I always tell my husband this because I'm like, you need to start writing stuff down, dude, because you forget stuff. But I think if any of you who are listening, if that's if you take away one thing from what we're talking about today, like, please start writing stuff down in the same place and carry it with you. Because, gosh, that makes such a difference. I used to forget so much more stuff before I did that. Seriously. And be diligent about writing it down right when it happens, too, I think, because... If I don't write it down yes. within five minutes, what she bye. said, yeah, I'm gonna done. hire you. To <laughs> no, no. That is, okay, I need you. Know, I started bullet journaling too, like Amber. I started doing like the whole you know calendar thing, but I I am not that flowery person. You guys, yeah. like I don't I don't know. I just give me a black pen and it's a straight line, and I'm off to the races, right? So I have I have just um a day at a time where I like make my own little hours and to do lists on the bottom. And then in between each week, I just brain dumped. I've written letters to people and I have all my meetings in there. And I, I write like random to do's in the middle of the night or when I'm meditating. So I, I can't agree with you more. That is actually one of the things I love to suggest to people to try, just try. You know? Yeah. I think the, the whole bullet journaling thing is like, it can be whatever you need it to be, you know? And then like, if you go on YouTube and you search for bullet journaling, you're going to see a bunch of like super beautiful artsy bullet journals, which I'm artsy and I love drawing and painting and all that stuff. But like, that's one thing that I wish I had, wish I prioritized more time for. Yes. But, um, but I don't want to do that when it comes to like writing down, like making my like, calendar and stuff you know I just I don't even want to bother with the, like the lines to make the actual days but I like the way you do it where you do a whole day like vertical like that I may have to start doing that <laughs> I mean still not from you um I love that but yeah Bra okay. having a place to brain dump is huge I want I want to give one more tip I have normally have all these tips I think I've said a few of them actually just naturally. yeah you have you've give you've you've given us a lot to think about for sure <laughs> 
but this this one I think will be really special for people like if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're like I don't want to mess with time blocking I don't want to mess with bullet journaling here's here's what I think will be really cool if if your day goes to oh Amber said I could cuss if your day goes to shit <laughs> there's there's three things you can do to feel really successful as an entrepreneur from what I've discovered number one is have one thing that day that you can do for self-care like Monday, I just needed to drink water. It was so hot for whatever reason, right? Um, and today was actually practice self-compassion. <laughs> I, I needed to love on myself, you guys. We're going through a hard time. <laughs> oh. Number two is do something for your sales department or um, something that will head you towards making money, whether it's like a networking call, talking to a new client, thinking about a new offering, right? Just one thing. And then the last thing is marketing or one thing to grow your business. That could be an Instagram post, a story, you know, or, you know, just have interesting someone and maybe your newsletter. Um, those are, those are some quick and dirty examples, but like, how cool would it be if you go to bed at night and you're like, oh my gosh, did I, I didn't get everything done. Well, wait a minute. Did I do my top three priorities? Well, yes, I drank water today. I, um, I, I met with a potential client and I posted something on Instagram. Right. Like how cool I love that. that. Yeah. I love that because sometimes it does feel like there's just an endless list of like to do's that just never get done. And, and, um, sometimes you can get so overwhelmed with, with those to do's that you forget to do the stuff that you need to do to kind of like build future, you know, mm -hmm. business and all that. So I love that. This has been so enlightening. Um, I want to talk to you for a second after we stop recording. Um, okay. but this has been fantastic. I ate all of this up. I'm sure my audience will too. I just want to compliment you really quick and let you know that you have just a beautiful way of speaking and your mannerisms while speaking and everything. I just like, I could listen to you all day. So <laughs> you have the gift of communication. If you don't know that already, like, you really do. Um, so, but thank you. Yes. You honored us by like, we are honored that you were on here to talk to us. Um, thank you for giving us so many really good tips. I know I will definitely be using them and, um, I'm sure my, my listeners will really benefit from it. For, so thank you everyone. Please look in the show notes and you will see all the info on how to contact Renee. Um, she's amazing. And, and if, if you want to learn more, I have um, one time management one-on-one workshop that I'm doing each month. And you can find that on my website. And it's www.renee-claire.com with the slash thingy. I forget if it's forward or it's <laughs> forward slash. And then the word time. Um, but if you just go to my website, you'll find it. And, and you're welcome to go on there. Or But I also have a free time management 101 guide, which actually has the link to the minimalist <laughs> bullet journal that that's great I, <laughs> I love it I love that we have the same one oh, that's so funny um okay so um yes please reach out to her and and follow her on Instagram as well I'll put her Instagram in the show notes she always gives really insightful um tips and just really gives a lot more information out for free than she probably needs to because she's amazing so um Follow her. 
Hey guys, as I was editing this, I realized that um, I got so caught up in how awesome Renee is that I forgot to officially sign off on the podcast. So if you do have questions for the podcast after this episode, please email an amberadaypodcast at gmail.com. Everything's in the show notes. I want to take a second again to thank Renee for coming on here. Um, I actually decided after that podcast to go ahead and work with her myself, and she's been a huge resource and support for me as I'm making a lot of transitions in my practice. So um, thank you all so much for listening again, and I hope you got as much out of it as I did. Have a good one. Bye. If you learned something today or you enjoyed today's episode or both, I'd love it if you would leave me an iTunes review and share this with a friend. If this brought up a question for you that you would like to hear me answer, there is a Google form that you can use to ask me any question you want, and I might answer it here on the podcast. I do it all the time, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.